Welcome to Inside the Groove, a podcast about the music of Madonna. I'm your host, Edward Russell, and every episode I'll be taking a well-known Madonna track and telling the story of how it was written and how it was recorded. I'll be using multi-track sessions and demos to break down the creative process and find out how Madonna has been behind some of the greatest pop songs of the last 40 years. Welcome to the final episode of Series 3 of Inside the Groove. What a journey. Hollywood, beautiful stranger. Four minutes burning up. Who's that girl? Don't tell me. Four minutes, not to mention three episodes all on the Evita album and the mega episode about Who's That Girl. Well, this series is ending with yet another special and this time I'm going to talk about covers of Madonna songs along with the wonderful Darren Hayes who has been at the heart of this podcast since the beginning. I was inspired to talk about Madonna covers following the release of the brilliant Italians Do It Better cover version album, 20 songs of Madonna remakes, including artists such as Max Caymans, who is the son of Mark Caymans, the producer of Madonna's very first single, Everybody. It's a really great release. We'll be celebrating that, along with a heap of other artists who have made their own versions of Madonna songs over the years, such as Kelly Osbourne and Dame Shirley Bassey. Darren talks about what he thinks makes a good cover version, what his favourite Madonna cover versions are, and how he approaches covering Madonna. So get ready, sit back, relax, find out who has covered her with golden kisses, and find out when Madonna did it better, as we go Inside the Groove. If you're a patron of the podcast, you get Darren Hayes Uncut, a full hour-long interview with Darren. We talk in depth on matters such as Madonna's singing voice, his favourite cover version of all time, and the details of how he approached his own cover of Look of Love. Plus, I get to tell Darren, and you'll hear too, all about the next series of Inside the Groove and how the format is being changed and expanded as we approach the era of re-releases for Madonna in 2022. To become a patron, just head to www.insidethegroove.co.uk and follow the links. And also while you're there, check out the new range of merchandise, including the Spectrum mugs and T-shirts, colours and names inspired by Madonna from over the years. Hello, Darren. Welcome back once again to Inside the Groove. It's uh, it's a pleasure. So thanks for having me back. Well, I wanted to bring you back because this is the final episode of Series 3. Just going to be a short break, um, but there's a bit of a, a, a shift on the access for the next series. I'll tell you about it later, Darren. Um, but it felt to make a lot of sense to have you back because one of the highlights of this series, I think, obviously is the Who's That Girl episode. And without a doubt, your cover of Look of Love, which is just superb, what we've heard of it so far. 
And I want to talk to you more about that. But also, you've covered Madonna quite a bit. You're a singer-songwriter. You love other sing- singer-songwriters, and you love Madonna. So talking about covers seems perfect. Perfect fodder for you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, you've done covers of Madonna. You've done covers of other artists. What makes a good cover version? Such a great question and so hard to define, but I've had a long time to think about it. Um, The first thing um, is to bring a take or a perspective that isn't already there while at the same time retaining the integrity and everything that you love about the song. So my my rule in that is to, to be true to the melody. That's what's really important. And when we talk about Madonna, she's such a strong melodist. We can get into this later on, but I've been thinking about this a lot because I knew we were going to talk about Madonna covers. And it's to me, it's such a holy grail. I'm terrified every time I cover a Madonna song. Like terrified because I know I'm a huge fan. I know I'm really critical when someone else covers her. Uh, I know how scathing we can all be. With with anyone, when anyone covers any classic song or any artist, we have our fangs out, our claws out. But I, I was trying to think about what it is about her and why the ones that I've chosen to do, why I feel confident when I do them. And it's probably because I choose songs of hers that I know the melody is just so strong that I can play around with production. Uh, I can take that in an abstract way, I can go on a tangent, but if I'm really true to the melody, I think the thing about Madonna's choices when she writes melodies is that it's so specific, like in terms of passing notes, in terms of the choices she makes in choruses, some singers are the type that can ad lib and riff, um, and that works brilliantly for them. And Madonna can do that, but I think for her, it's that restraint, and the, the whittling down and the choices that she makes, they might seem simple, but they're crucial. And if you stray too far from those, you actually lose what's great about the song. And I have an example of that later on, but to me, that's, that's it. You, you have to offer something different to the song. Otherwise, you're just doing karaoke. Yeah. But you also have to, to honour the DNA of the song, which is usually in the melody of the song. And that's that thing you can do if you take a guitar or, or just a, a piano and a voice and sing it, can you recognise the song? To me, that's the DNA of the song. And then go for it from there. That's a really interesting point we're saying about the melody is crucial. For me, because I've got a sort of producer background, so often what I love about the song is the production um, you know, the, the specific drum sound, the, the bass line and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, quite often, a cover will change that. And so I've, I sometimes find it difficult listening to covers. But the reason why I wanted to do covers more than anything is because an album's just been released, mm. which I'm sure many listeners will know about, you know about. It's called Italians Do It Better. And it's an album of 20-odd covers of Madonna songs. And... And they're brilliant, and, and, and they do stray from the originals quite a bit. Um, but I absolutely love it. So you've heard this album, haven't you? You're a fan. Yes. So this will be interesting because I, I wonder if uh, our choices uh, and our faves differ because my faves 
other ones where the melodies are almost exactly the same? Well, just to give a bit of a background, it was released uh, on August the 16th this year, which of course was Madonna's birthday. Um, and it's from the label, Italians Do It Better, which is actually an American label. I think they're based in West Hollywood. Founded in 2006 by Johnny Jewell and Mike Simonetti. Um, and they were, you know, they initially created this label for their own act, Glass Candy, but it's expanded. It's got a host of acts. Uh, some of them you may have heard of, like Farah and Chromatics, and even Julie Cruz of uh, Twin Peaks Falling fame is signed to them. So this... This album uh, has 20 tracks and it, you know, starts with Papaton Preach, goes through to Portland. It's got some unusual choices in there because it's, it does um, gangbang. It's got what it feels like for a girl. Plus it's got the obvious things that you'd expect, like like a prayer, uh, a material girl. I really, really love it. But before I say anything more, I, I'd like to get what, what you think of it, you know, if there's a particular song or two that you yeah. want to talk about. Oh, my God. Um, so, I mean, the vibe, if I was going to sell it to someone, I mean, the vibe is just so now in terms of, I mean, I'm sort of obsessed with, um, you know, I mean, I sound so old saying this, but the kids call it dark wave. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I like synth wave. Um, it's this lazy um, sort of Italian nuevo disco. It's as though... To me, it's like the 2021 version of Electro Clash, like whatever Electro yeah. Clash was. Yeah. It's this new thing where there's a lot of like uh, Oberheim keyboards and 909 drums, but very um, lots of reverb on vocals, very breathy delivery. Very breathy. Yeah, it's nearly all female vocals. There's a couple of male vocals, but it's mainly yeah, mostly females, which I'm, I really dig. Um, and very that very lazy kind of delivery, lots of attitude, um, yeah. a reverence, I would say, to rhythm in in a lot of ways. So it's it's more attitude than sort of like I'm just trying to think of a song like well, Gang Bang is the most extreme departure. Yeah. Like yeah. it's uh, extreme. My favourites are things. Uh, well, I'm looking. I mean, look. I covered Angel, so you can tell Angel's one of my yeah. favourite songs ever, and I love the version of Angel. I love it because they've it's interesting what you said about taking what you love about a song what i love about that song is the pizzicato strings yep and it begins and they, with that well they've kind of based the whole track around that really that's why it sounds so good yeah it's brilliant it's really be really 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 beautiful um the version of like a virgin is so cute is the word i would yeah. use it's got such <laughs> attitude it reminds me of if you saw the girly show and there was the Marlena Dietrich attitude that Madonna had when she sang like a weirgin, right? <laughs> With that <laughs> accent. There is something about this bouncy bass line in their version of it, mm. in the same way that Stuart did that on the Confessions tour, yeah. right? Yeah. So it, it, it takes what's kind of defiant and funny about like a virgin and 
it really does reinvent the song. It's very, very clever. I loved that. I loved Holiday. Yeah. Oh, my God. Holiday sounds like a cool drink in, in like, Ibiza <laughs> or it just, uh, it reminds me of the movie Call Me By Your Name. They've all got a slightly 80s feel, but that one really does. Really have 80s. And you can just imagine, like, it's as much like some cool girl band as it is, it could be like three teenage girls and a Casio yeah. keyboard just performing it for their parents in a bedroom. Like it just, the breathy vocal, there's just, just some of the lo-fi sounds. Um, it's delightful. Well, I would say to anybody that's listening to this that is like, oh, I'm not interested in a load of covers, listen to it. It's a really, really good album. Yeah. I kind of listened to it, Darren, thinking, I wish Madonna would go down this production route. Whoa, me too. Oh, this is so weird that you said this. I said this to a friend of mine. I thought, how brilliant it would have been for Madonna to have just gone in and done this and just reinvented all of her stuff in a very defiant way because I... The word defiant is what comes up for me when I think about this record. And it is very divided. There are a lot of... um, old school Madonna fans that are like, I hate it. <laughs> you know, I've seen some of the reactions on Twitter and like, oh, oh, I hate it. But I'm just like, if you take Madonna out of the equation, if you didn't know Madonna existed, this would seem like the most modern, extraordinary, interesting collection of songs you'd ever heard. And that's a testament to her songwriting. Well, the one that really stands out to me, I don't know if it's one of my favourites or if I absolutely don't like it at all, but I'm fascinated by it, is uh, the cover of Frozen. I knew you were going to say that. I'm just pulled that up. Frozen by Love Object. Hmm. Um, to me, it's the most distant from the original because, um, and it's got a really electro-clash sound. It feels like I'm in Nag 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 in 2002. And um, they've taken away the strings, which are fundamental to the song, and she doesn't actually sing the lyrics. She sort of speaks you're them. Frozen. <laughs> yeah, you're frozen when your heart's not open. Um, but but I really like it because um, it gives you focus on the lyrics. Um, yeah. Uh, and it, you know you you're so right. Even on the opening track, uh, Papa Don't Preach, that melody. Okay, we know that Madonna didn't write that song, but you know she very much made it her own, and the production, and everything. You know that stands out. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. The one for me that possibly doesn't quite do it, and I don't think it could, any anybody could cover it, um, is uh, like a prayer. It's it's great. It's a good version. But there's for me, and I know we disagree on this. There is no better version than the like a prayer album version, and I've not even heard Madonna do a better version. So I don't think we disagree good. on that. Well, I think you prefer the Immaculate version, don't you? No, no, no. So that's I'm so glad I've had the opportunity to clear this up. No, <laughs> the the most the ultimate version is the album version. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I was talking about how um, on the Immaculate collection there is a radio edit, essentially, which yeah. is a mashup of the twelve inch mix. And then mm-hmm. it kind of sneaks in some of that Latin percussion of the album version. And it's kind of like a please everyone mix. Yeah. yeah. But no, 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 no. The album version is by far my favourite mix ever. And, yeah, that's a really, really hard song to cover. 
So I chosen, there's so many cover versions of Madonna songs and I've chosen uh, a selection that we're going to talk about and, and you've, you know, you've had a listen to them and, and you're going to give yeah. me your feedback. I'm literally <laughs> gone from the sublime to the, the ridiculous because there's some, there's some covers that don't quite do it, but are, are brilliant anyway. Um, and there's a couple that I absolutely love and I, I hope you do as well. Okay. So we're going to start with Kelly Osborne's 2002 cover version of Papa Don't Preach. You know, I think it's, um, I mean, Kelly's just so likeable. I think back then Kelly was just so likeable and adorable. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was, um, I look at the whole package and think it worked. That's mm -hmm. my my thought. Um, Number three hit in the UK. So wow, it yeah, it's funny. I I went back and listened to it again because I think it's fair to say Kelly's not a singer. No, Kelly's probably not a musician. Um, but interestingly, I don't think at that age Madonna would have said that she was either. So there were there were a lot of parallels back then in terms of I admired Kelly. For a lot of reasons, I admired her for not being the uh, the norm in terms of whatever the beauty standard was. I had, I looked at the video again. I thought the video was genius uh, for the time. Um, so she was very rebellious back then because everything mm -hmm. was kind of, you know, Kelly has always been kind of the anti-Britney, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. I love Britney, but she was the anti-Britney. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a genius marketing move um, at the time. Um, in retrospect now, like you listen to, it's – was it The Matrix that produced that? Do you know who produced it? Oh, I'll have to check. Could, yeah. could well be, yeah. I wonder if it was that it, – but it's so time-stamped now, like that distortion <laughs> vocal and yeah. – uh, like the guitars and stuff remind me a little of, uh, yeah. I don't know, like the Munsters theme. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I think it was described at the time as pop metal. Um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Kelly was hanging out with Avril Lavigne and was kind Very of Avril. on his team. I think it works. I Look, Papa Don't Preach is one of my favourite Madonna songs and it's so lush and it's all about those strings so we mm -hmm. when you take away my favorite part of the song <laughs> i'm now agreeing with you it's kind of like oh but the melody is left intact so for me it gets a big check what about you yeah i i think it's fun um I like I like Kelly. Um, I wasn't sure about her at the time, um, but I, I grew to really like her when she appeared on Joan Rivers' show, actually. Um, uh, and that was quite funny because Joan was always ripping ripping at Madonna, um, and Kelly would try and look away because, of course, she's was at the time very good friends with Madonna and Lourdes Aww. as well. So, so I, I do like her. Although Kelly did steal one of my best friends' boyfriends. Um, although, in fairness to Kelly, I don't think that she knew that her boyfriend also was boyfriends with someone else. But that's oh. all in the past. <laughs> oh, I love the juicy gossip. But in but to be in to be completely true though, it isn't something that I would listen to. It's not a version that I would put on and be like, oh, it's not it's not my thing. So the next song is Groove Amada's cover version of Crazy for You. Um 
This was uh, done for um, the Radio One 40th anniversary album in 2007. Um, that's Alan Donahue of, of the rock band The Rakes doing the singing. Um, what do you think of this cover version? Um, uh, I thought the production was really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the video was really sexy. Um, I looked at the whole. It's hard because I looked at it as a video as opposed to mm-hmm. like listening to it as a track. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe I'm the person that has to go first here with the opinions because I'm watching your face <laughs> well, as well. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Let me go first this time. Yes, I like this version. I like this version a lot. I really like Groove Armada, so it would be very. I'm hard obsessed to not with Groove Armada. Yeah, um, I love those uh, those duos that came out. Uh, onto the dance scene in the late 90s. So obviously you've got Groove Armada, Basement Jacks, and, he, yeah. you know, obviously people like Daft Punk and Air and stuff. Yep. So um, for me, they can do no wrong. Um, but I really like this version. I, uh, that album, um, the Radio 1 Celebration album, has got a lot of great covers on it and some not so great. So I particularly like this one. But that doesn't mean you have to like it too, Darren. <laughs> tell me, tell <laughs> I'm not a fan of the vocal delivery. Okay, okay. That's what it is. I'm, I mean, it's not Madonna. It's no Madonna, and that's that's what you hear in all these cover versions. There's none of them, in my opinion, are as good as Madonna's. Well, I was talking to my husband about this before I did this show because I was really racking my brain to think of, and I include myself in this, to think of a Madonna cover that I prefer to the original. <laughs> And truthfully, I cover Madonna because I love her so much that sometimes mm-hmm. you just want to get inside the song. Yeah. Sometimes you just love it so much that that's honestly why most pe- most artists cover a song. It's like they love it so much that sometimes you just want to – it's like when you're in love with someone, you just want to get inside their brain. And the safest way to do a cover version is to do one where you know you can't do too much damage, <laughs> you know. But um, she leaves such a specific stamp. Mm-hmm. I run into trouble selling my songs because I leave such a specific stamp when I write mm-hmm. them myself. Mm-hmm. I have a very love or hate voice. So when I write songs, uh, I deliver them in such a way, maybe not everyone can sing them because my range is very specific as well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the feedback I'll get from publishers is, this is such a great Darren Hayes song. That sounds really like a Darren Hayes song. So I don't have that ability to do something generic. And I feel the same way about Madonna. I feel like it's such a testament to her as a melodist and a songwriter that I'm so protective of that sound. So when someone else covers her songs, when it works... It's because for me, it's kind of close to the original. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't work, it's because it just leaves a <laughs> like a path of locusts. <laughs> it's, like a bi- <laughs> it's like a biblical swarm of death and ruin. <laughs> so it's, I know it's just hard. It's really, really hard to do a great, a great cover. I can't think of, I can't think of one Madonna cover that I prefer to the original. Well, this next one is, um, we talk about Madonna's voice. There is no denying this lady's ability as a vocalist. Uh, It's Dame Shirley Bassey's cover of You'll See. Somehow, someday, 
Okay, this is genius. <laughs> okay. Come on. Tell me why. Why do you love it? So, well, I mostly love it because this shows, first of all, why the hell wasn't this a Bond song? I know. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Like, it just, it blew me away because it really showed me just how sophisticated the songwriting was underneath mm-hmm. there. I mean, who, she did she write this with... David Foster? Okay. She wrote this when she'd done her vocal training with Joan Lader and she wanted some songs that showed off her new vocal range. Unbelievable. So that is the reason why this and a couple of other songs like One More Chance were recorded. So let's tell people who don't know who David Foster is. So David Foster was uh, is like Mariah, uh, what, Whitney Houston, right? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Barbara Streisand, he is like diva diva. Um, yeah. So Google David Foster while we're pretending that we're, we know who he is. <laughs> no, I know David Foster. We used to call him... Um, we used to call him Pants because he's a friend of Walter Afanasieff's and he used to walk around all the time in a leisure suit, like a nylon <laughs> leisure suit. And when he would walk, there would be that sound of the friction of... Because <laughs> he was so rich that he never, ever had to get out of his leisure suits. <laughs> and he's lovely. I've performed with him before. He's one of those movers and shakers that's constantly... He and Diane Warren are constantly saying, hey, I have a song for you. <laughs> you know, like, I want to write a song for you. Um and what they really mean is I just have a song and I want you to come and record it. <laughs> um, very, very smooth and, um, yeah, very, very rich. Extremely rich. Very talented. So what about Dame Shirley's version? Sorry, Dame Shirley's version. <laughs> um, I'm going to say something shocking here, but it reminds you how great Madonna's vocal is. <laughs> okay, yes, yes, I mean, I agree. Because I feel that... Like I feel that Dame Shirley just doesn't have the range, darling. (laughs) Maybe she doesn't have the range. Look, Dame Shirley is one of the greatest singers of all time. Of course she is. All by myself. But I was listening to it and it reminded me of just how great Madonna had trained her voice up to that point. Because I heard that this was a song that required so much focus to sing. And I could hear that in Dame Shirley's impeccable performance. It's impeccable. Mm -hmm. There's no questioning of it. And this sounds like a song for a diva, performed Mm -hmm. by a diva with a live orchestra for a Bond film. And Mm -hmm. I think this is an extraordinary reinvention of the song. And um, it's almost as good as the original. So I I almost break my rule. This is pretty extraordinary. Now you're going to tell me you hate it. No, I, I, I think it's fun. I mean, I, I love anything. I think she's an extraordinary character. and uh, I like her, she, darling, but she doesn't have the range. <laughs> I mean, she's. I would love to meet her. I'm sure she would be absolutely fantastic to have a few drinks with. Could you imagine her saying, darling, who who did this song originally, darling? <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> who is she, darling? <laughs> is she that one that sang like a virgin? She's is she still doing music, darling? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that Shirley is very well aware of of Madonna, and uh, but yes, I don't imagine she's a, a Madonna fan in the regular sense. I don't think she's got you know. Well, she doesn't uh, have the range. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Here's well, she the thing: in this song. she mm-hmm. reminds me. When I say that, I'm doing a really bad 
Just a little Britain Well, if I didn't have video in front of me of you, I would think Dame Shirley was in the room Thank with you, Darren. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Edward. No, here's the thing. Um, it reminds me of when, gosh, the Pet Shop Boys cover of Rent, when Liza did that. Now, that is almost better than the original. And Rent is one of my mm-hmm. favourite pop songs of all time. Yeah. So I think it's in that league for me of like a cover that is such an amazing reinvention that is, is incredible. So next up, I, I, if that was the ridiculous, we're going to go even more ridiculous uh, because this, I'm sure most people listening to this podcast have heard this, but maybe not. This is MC Micah and DJ Sven's holiday rap. Y'all going on a summer holiday if you want to go your Sven. We go into London and New York City and we take a little piece of Amsterdam. Right. I want a holiday, I've spent a lot. The only thing is called the only thing I've got. I swear it's fair and stole me. I better don't just went hanging on the street. In the street, get choked. Ain't about rocks. What happened to you? I told them it's my life and I know what I'm doing. I saw it at school. I thought I'd... Uh, this is from 1986, I think it is. It was, you'll know it, uh, Darren, because it was number two single in Australia. We're going to ring a rang a dong for the holiday. <laughs> and it was produced by the, the legendary Ben Liebrand as well. Um, did you already know this version? Loved it, knew it, <laughs> sang it, loved it. Okay, so weirdly, when you sent it through, I was so shocked that this was released in 86. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realise how much of a gap had, um, you know, mm-hmm. had, had there'd been since the original hit in Holiday because, as you know, Madonna was very successful in Australia before she was in mm-hmm. the rest of the world. She hit first in Australia. You're welcome, world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mostly due to Molly Meldrum, who was mm-hmm. an Austra- is an Australian legend and who really championed her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Madonna's first ever single was a huge, not everybody, but I think it was Burning Up was a huge mm-hmm. hit in Australia. So by the time yeah. we got to Holiday, that was a massive smash hit. So we were all familiar with it. And I think it was, this version was just when like Beastie Boys and that kind of rap was happening. Mm-hmm. So it was just this incredible reinvention of the song. Now I listen back and I'm like, oh my God, they literally just took the instrumental. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no <laughs> production whatsoever. Well, apparently not. Apparently the original demo um which was uh, written by um, DJ Sven himself, was done to, the, his name is Sven Van Veen, was done to loops of the original track. But okay. when they wanted to release it's it... It's a Sven Van Veen original. <laughs> it is indeed. But when they when they wanted to release it, they had to re-record it. And that was Ben Liebrand's job to study the original and, and, and recreate hey, it. And he's done it very well. Bow down, because he's yeah. done an incredible job. Because, yeah, those, the kick and snare... Like mm-hmm. and the bass, they really, really kick. It was a massive hit, and I have always loved it. And I often think about that. So, <laughs> by the time Madonna did the Drowned World tour, she included a kind of a interpolation of um, "One More Time," mm-hmm. the Daft Punk song, and there was a little rap from Donna and Nikki. And it re- and I thought for a second they were going to go into this version. <laughs> I thought, oh my god, they got like this would be so cool. Um, I dig it. I think it's super fun and super cheesy. And I have no shame in saying that. Do you hate it? No, I, I think for the same reason as you. I think it's I think it's hilarious. Uh, it's fun, and you know, and it's a good example of 
of something different that you can do with a Madonna song. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit like I, I was going to get you to comment on the Weird Al Yankovic covers, um, I think the most famous of which is like... Like a surgeon. But, you know, th- th- that's too much of a parody. That's kind of a almost a new song based on yeah. Like a Virgin. But this, this, this feels like it's done something really clever and original. Maybe not to 20, 21 years, but back in 1986, that was quite unusual to take another track and put a rap over the top of it in this way. Yeah, I mean, it was essentially a mashup, you know, which yeah. we'd never really done before. Um, yeah, I thought it was really clever. It was really sweet to see them perform and sort of really struggle trying to do that kind of New York accent in a rap. I loved it. That Amsterdam English genius. Loved it. Okay, next up. Jane McDonald and her cover of Ray of Light. Darren, do you know who Jane McDonald is? First of all, I really love her. I've been on Loose Women, right? Oh, right. Yes, of course. Yeah. I sometimes think you're, you're so Hollywood these days. Oh, I love you. <laughs> um, this bird has flown. Um, <laughs> so I've been on the show uh, a few times and, mm-hmm. you know, she's always been so lovely to me and so kind mm. and... I was not really aware of her singing career. So, well, what's interesting about this cover version? I'm, I'm just going to give a bit of an update for anybody who doesn't know who Jane McDonald is. So, she's yeah. a British reality TV star who found fame um, on a TV show about cruise liners, um, and where she was a singer, uh, and she sings. Oh, so she yes. wasn't originally a recording artist. She was just a, a reality star first, who was discovered yeah. on. Yeah, and she has got that voice of a cruise ship singer, um, which is very specific. And, you know, she's had a huge career behind her doing that. So she's, how can I put it? She's very at one with the gays. She knows her audience and um, she she does a lot of covers of songs that she knows is going to really hit the mark. So I was kind of surprised that she did this because it's not a typical Madonna song to, to have covered. Um what fascinates me about this version is that the backing track is spot on. Uh, it's a it's a fan who has produced this. Um, it's almost like they've done it from the stems. It's it's you can tell it's not. It's really spot on. Even so, down to the vocal processing, the yeah, delays, the whole, it's like the, like echo and stuff. Yeah, yeah, all the echo. The it's in, yeah. That song is so hard to sing, and I can tell you, it'd be interesting to, to get the honest vocal coach uh, on this. I'm telling you right now, Jane McDonald does have an extraordinary range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the the um, intervals in that song mm-hmm. that Madonna is singing in the studio when she does it mm-hmm. and that Jane's singing in the studio version of this are, are exactly the same. She's mm-hmm. singing it in the same key. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's also singing it in exactly the same vocal register, which is extraordinary. So she's going into this kind of, um, I don't have the technical term for it, but it's a blend of head voice and mm-hmm. almost almost like a falsetto. Mm-hmm. Technically, 
ext- kind of extraordinary what she what she's doing. Um, bless her, I did forward you uh, <laughs> a video of her doing it live. Even Madonna is challenged by doing this live. Oh yes, and doesn't do it in the original key anymore. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. And, and trust me, I wouldn't blame her. <laughs> um, because there's a bit that Madonna does at the end, and you, your voice has to be so elastic to do it. Because you mm-hmm. and you really have to trust that it's going to be there. I, I have such a croaky voice; I wouldn't even attempt to do it. But <laughs> it's the word is I feel, and it's the very, very last song you hear note you hear Madonna do. Mm-hmm. And when she does it on the recording, you'll hear her go up to such a high octave, and then there's a laugh. Mm-hmm. And I believe she laughs because she wasn't expecting to be able to hit that note. But it's extraordinary because her voice was so elastic that it gets up there mm-hmm. and it's a testament to how well-trained she was and how loose her voice was at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, I have hit that note sometimes before uh, and I've been at home sometimes where I have not hit that note. <laughs> And my dog and my husband both want to kill me. So <laughs> uh, it's hard. Let's just say it's really, really hard to do. So the next uh, cover I want to talk to you about, um, a much different delivery, and that's Jodie Watley's beautiful 2006 cover of Borderline. playing with my heart Finish what you start When you make my love come down If you want me, let it show Baby, let me know, honey, don't you fool around. Just try to understand. I've given all I can, but you've got the best of me. Did you already know this version, Darren? Never heard it. No, and I love Jodie Watley. Yeah. What do you think yeah. of it? I mean, it. my only criticism is nothing to do with Jodie's extraordinary voice or the mm-hmm. production. I love the production, all that sort of stuff. Um, the temptation to stray from the melody bothers me. Mm-hmm. Borderline yeah. is an absolutely impeccably written song. Mm-hmm. And... Because Jody is such an amazing singer, it's like a Ferrari trying to <laughs> drive in a fixed circuit. Mm-hmm. You can hear in this recording, she's doing these wonderful ad-libs mm-hmm. and she's going off uh, on tangents. But me, someone that is just so in love with the melody, mm-hmm. it's so specific that I'm like, ah, it just it's not my favourite cover. But, you know, her voice is, I mean, her voice is just like, it's like butter. I, you know, <laughs> I love, I love Jodie Wally. So I want to talk to you about the various covers that you've done. Uh, mm-hmm. You've just touched on some of the, the live things that you've done. I'm um, going to start with that fantastic cover you did, uh, or you previewed for the Who's That God episode mm. of Look of Love. Do you want to tell me a bit about um, how you approached that song? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, I had been in the studio, so my, um, you know, my chops were sort of, you know, I had my chops down at the time and mm-hmm. uh, you 
uh, I was in a bit of a frantic phase, actually. I didn't really have a lot of time, but I couldn't pass it down because you you told me uh, that you were doing the, you know, this episode or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, the time the timing wasn't great, but the opportunity was extraordinary because it was like you'd read my mind because that has always been one of my favourite Madonna songs. And I was actually shocked that a lot of people don't don't feel the same way. A lot of people are like, yeah. It's, uh, even my husband was like, yeah, it's never one of my favourite songs. Divorce him. <laughs> exactly. But you know what I loved? Even my manager, my husband, a lot of my friends were like, when I when I did it, they were like, I'm not, I'm not trying to blow smoke up my own butt, but they were like, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Because um, I guess I unearthed something in it or showed them, I think, un- underneath it what, you know, what is there. I think maybe the production for some people was hiding this mm-hmm. what's great. To me, her vocal in that is just so incredible. Yeah. Um, but how I approached it was exactly how I told you I do things before where honestly I think my vocal is pretty much an imitation of hers because when I sing ballads, her tone um, is a huge part of how I sing. I, you know, the people that taught me how to sing were George, George Michael, Madonna, Michael Jackson, and those three people all have high voices. I have a high voice, and so through imitation and then through habit or whatever, that's I kind of have those tones. So if you listen to the beginning of um, Like a Prayer, the words life is a mystery, to me that's those tones are kind of in my voice. If you mm-hmm. listen to yeah. some of George's ballads, that's in there. And in this particular song, that to me, that was my pocket. It was so, I didn't even have to change the key, mm-hmm. which was for a guy was kind of extraordinary and doesn't often happen with Madonna. She's often mm-hmm. in a key that's too high for me. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but basically <laughs> this the the sound of that recording was very much in the pocket of things that I'd been doing. Mm-hmm. So okay. I had my toolbox out and I was mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, bonus time. You know, it's like I'd mm-hmm. I'd finished some, some stuff and then I had a little bit more to say and I just thought, you know what, this is like bonus time. I mm-hmm. might as well just throw it into this production. And I loved it so much that the original, I mean, the final version is, uh, it's almost six minutes long. Yeah. So, and I loved it so much. You haven't even heard the whole thing. No, no. Um, but we decided to hold it back. So we're going to release it next year as a part oh, of so some, it, something. It's definitely going to get a release. Oh, the yeah. Version. Yeah. I'm it's now released. mixed. It's uh, mastered. It's, um, I love it. And I have you to thank. So I want to play out with uh, 30 seconds of one of my favorite covers of, well, it's one of my favorite Madonna covers. Um, it's one that you've done and I'd like you to tell me <laughs> about it and that is of course your fantastic version of Dress You Up how'd that come about? Well this is just a lark it's so funny I feel so bad about this because the truth is um, so some of Stuart Price's demos for the uh, reinvention tour leaked and this really is just a rip-off of his production um I was in the studio making an album with um, Justin Shave and I heard that this was potentially going to be on the tour and it blew my mind. 
And so we did a kind of um, a version of that. Um, it's completely reprogrammed. It's 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 um, Justin's reprogramming and mm-hmm. and my work and stuff like that. And uh, we did it really just because at the time we were petrified of being sued. <laughs> so I don't even think it's properly mixed. Like what? It's literally just one afternoon in the studio, and we did it for a lark and put it out. It's just been floating around YouTube forever, but uh, <laughs> I really have to give most of the credit to Stuart Price because the idea and, you know, that sort of um, sidechain compressed bass mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff, that was all Stuart. You know, this is me covering Stuart, you know, <laughs> reinventing Madonna. Um, it's probably one of my favourite ever Madonna songs. It's the mm-hmm. one where I knew I was a gay where I was standing in my bedroom doing all the choreography to dress you up. Um, but what was, I think, impressed all of the Madonna fan community was that they noticed that I kept all of the Virgin Tour ad-libs. <laughs> That's how I gained at least some cred in, in our community. Uh, but that's what that is. But I really, I you know, I I really would love to do a covers record one day. I mean, I really thought about doing it one day, and I think if I did, I'd go back in and um, I'd do a proper studio recording of this. And Angel exists, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of others, but yeah, I'd love to go and. This exists in multi somewhere, so we need to dust it off and release it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Darren. It's a pleasure as always. Pleasure. And um, I'm going to play out now with uh, a little bit of Dress You Up. Keep-